Hello, friends. Hello, family. Hello, lovers. Hello, enemies. Hello, everybody. Thanks so much for, for cruising through to the Vibecast with Brett Pella. Last one of 2021, baby. I think, right? Yeah, because this will come out on December 27th, which is Monday, and then we're into the new year. How crazy is that? This episode of the podcast is going to have a lot of cool stuff in it. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Magnesium Breakthrough, my favorite supplement. I take it every day before bed after workouts, after workouts especially. Uh, really helps with my muscle recovery and my overall immune support. But I, I find a noticeable difference when I don't take this as part of my daily health routine. So I highly recommend you check it out. Magnesiumbreakthrough.com slash Brent Pella for a discount. Um, from Bioptimizers, my favorite supplement company. And cruise around their site and learn more about their products and what they do because they they really uh you know they they live with a purpose of of helping people so check them out um guys hey santa's a mushroom let's get into it bro let's get into it dude let's go let's get into it dude i when i saw this video so i've been uh having a nightly routine lately of watching these YouTube videos from a channel called After School, S-K-O-O-L, After School. Uh, a lot of you guys probably already knew about that channel, but hey, I didn't, okay? Sometimes people don't know about everything that you know about, you know what I mean? And I, I, I found the channel. They do really amazing illustrations and, and like, it, it almost looks like it's illustrated live, but I'm sure it's, it's some uh, graphics work and visual effects. And it, the visual is synced to a conversation or a short segment of a speech or a, or a fireside talk uh, or a podcast clip with a lot of amazing thinkers. Um, Alan Watts, Eckhart Tolle, uh, Randall Carlson, Graham Hancock is on there. Um, I think uh, my dad, Joe Rogan, is on there. Uh, and it's really cool. It's cool. to it, the, the topics that they go in and out of are really, really cool. Um and one that I watched the other day was Santa is a mushroom. The the but I I had looked I found that video after I found this other video of Terrence McKenna talking about it because I love Terrence McKenna and Paul Stamets talked about it too on Rogan a while back. But I completely forgot. Um, if you haven't seen Paul Stamets documentary, uh, Fantastic Fungi, I think <clears throat> Netflix, I think. Um, Amazing stuff. I, I already lo loved mushrooms and kind of had a growing fascination with them. But when I found out the Christmas stuff, dude, Christmas? And I love Christmas. Big Christmas guy here. Big fan. But if you had asked me where Christmas began, I would have said something like, oh, uh, Jesus had a friend named Chris when he grew up, and they always loved going to mass at church. And so him and Chris went to mass, and so he decided to celebrate that day by calling it Christmas, right? Is that not right? Is that not it, dude? I'm so bad at knowing religious history. I I just don't know it at all. But when I found these videos, I fell into an absolute rabbit hole, and I discovered that Christmas actually has nothing to do with Jesus. Really, I mean the the birth of Jesus, maybe. And some of y'all are very very religious, and that's totally cool. And I'm sure you'll you know, dissect everything I say in the comments or in your own mind. And, and that's great because everybody can believe different things and still be friends with each other. Isn't that cool? I think that's pretty cool. What I believe now is that Santa is a mushroom. Now let me connect this for you guys. Okay. So Santa Claus, 
where's Santa from? The North Pole, right? Now, everything I'm about to say is regurgitated from these videos, so I highly recommend you go watch these videos so that you can discover the Christmas truth about jolly old Saint fucking Mushroom Head, okay? Santa Claus, uh, let's start with the obvious ones. The Amanita muscaria mushroom is the red mushroom with the white spots on it, right? Uh, it's a red and white mushroom. What colors does Santa wear? Red and white. And then urban legend has it that the shamans up in the Arctic regions also wore red and white. That's been disputed a couple different times. But regardless, um, they say the shamans dressed as mushrooms, or at least some of them did. They would rep they would wear red and white uh, as the colors that represented the mushrooms. So, so Santa uh, wears red and white. Now, the shamans also, back in those ancient times, thousands of years ago, they would have big, bushy beards because it's freezing up there, and they're old and wise. And the beard kind of represented that and kept their face warm. Starting to look a lot like Santa, okay? It's beginning to look a lot like Santa is a mushroom. Now, uh, they're from the North uh, North Pole, which in Welsh, Welsh mythology is the the where the spirit realm is was it spirit realm or some type of like secret world is i don't that's i i don't know enough about that to comment on it but uh back in the day the shamans they would go around they would pick amanita muscaria mushrooms from underneath trees specifically spruce and pine trees which are the two types of trees that we use for christmas trees dude and those trees grow up in the arctic re uh, uh, north pole like finland and iceland and places like that those trees grow. The mushrooms grow underneath the trees because they have a symbiotic relationship with them. So the shamans would come around. They would pick the mushrooms. Sometimes they would place the picked mushrooms in the tree to dry them out. That could represent ornaments in the tree. Uh, also, the red and white mushrooms underneath the spruce and pine trees represent Christmas presents because Christmas presents are wrapped in red and white wrapping paper and put underneath the Christmas tree, dude. Am I blowing your mind yet? Because at this point, I was gone. I had I, I lost it. I was screaming on my couch. Now, the shamans would pick the mushrooms, okay? And then they would dry them out. And then during the winter solstice, which is December 21st, uh, they would celebrate that in that culture. They would celebrate the winter solstice. So the shamans would dry them out and they would cruise around. And, and, and this is where there's a couple different things that might have happened depending on the territory or the region or the community, whatever. Um, one thing that might have happened is that the shamans would cruise around the village and deliver the mushrooms to people like they, that, that was their gift. They would come bearing the gift of the mushrooms so that people could have, um, a spiritual experience in celebration of the winter solstice, which was a time of realignment and rediscovery of one's innermost, uh, thoughts and emotions and spirit and, um, the way that they interact with the universe. And whenever the village was snowed in or it was too cold and the doors froze shut, guess how the shamans would give the people their presents? By slipping them down the motherfucking chimney, dude. Okay? And some some say that the shamans would have to go in through their own chimney when they got home because their doors were all frozen shut. That's how cold it was outside. Um, so that's one thing. The other, the other uh, piece of this that I read is that the actual tradition of experiencing the mushroom would be that the reindeer would eat the mushroom and shamans would also sometimes bring the mushrooms around on in sacks. Sometimes the reindeer would carry them. Shamans were also masters of reindeer. They chilled with the reindeer a lot. They kind of just vibed out with the reindeer sometimes. Um, Santa also vibes with, with reindeer and Santa is a master of reindeer. So there's just a lot of, 
overlap here, dude. It's so crazy. Okay, hearing it. Let's keep going. Now, another tradition I read about was that the the reindeer would actually eat the mushroom, and then the shaman would collect the reindeer's urine because in the pee, it would only be the chemical compound that would allow the shaman to have a trip without any of the poison that would make them feel bad or get sick. So, uh, and other times the shaman would actually eat the mushroom and then the people would drink the shaman's pee because the pee had filtered out, the shaman's body had filtered out all the poison so that the pee only had the chemical compound that would allow people to trip out. Now that's not, uh, unfortunately, well, I guess fortunately there have been no, um, urine traditions passed down, down through Christmas. You know, we don't put out urine for Santa to drink. We put out milk and cookies. We don't, uh, have a tradition of drinking pee on Christmas. And, uh, I think that's one of the things that's one of the traditions in this whole, um, story that I'm telling that uh, it's better off not having. So, the shamans would do that. Another part of this was that the shaman would actually take the trip. He would go on a, a big psychedelic mushroom trip. And then when he returned from his trip, like, you know, in, in his mind, he would um, provide knowledge and and guidance to people. And that was the gift of the shaman. The shaman would, would fly up through the universe and then come back and deliver the gift. And that sounds like a, a lot like Santa flying across the world, delivering gifts to everybody's house. Uh, also dude, Rudolph, you know, this is a little far fetched, but red nose was it? what does a reindeer look like when he's eating a mushroom, when the cap is sticking out the front of his mouth and he's chewing on the root on the body of the mushroom looks like a red nose, dude. Or when, a, when a reindeer is putting his face in the snow, looking for a mushroom and there's one that's popped up right there. What does that look like? Looks like a red nose, bro. Okay. I went to Finland. I went to Finland as you know, and, um, they love mushrooms there. They eat mushrooms all the time. And mushrooms are just like embedded into their society in the way that like if there's a mural on the wall, there will be a couple mushrooms on it. Or at the gift shop or like different little stores around town. They had art, mushroom art hanging up. I, I bought a little wooden mushroom um, to put on my on my fireplace. There's just a lot of mushroom uh, symbology in Finland. And there's a ridiculous amount of Santa symbology in Finland. They love Santa there. The place we were at in Lapland, Finland, is supposedly Santa's hometown. That's where he's from. Um, so they, I, I, it's it's beyond obvious to me that this is all true or or has some pieces of truth in it. Um, but I was ba- I was I was shocked. I was so stoked too because I love mushrooms. I love Santa, and so to have these two cool things come together and actually mean something, man, I, I, that's really cool. I, w- I was very excited. And it's also like the way that they celebrated the winter solstice feels a lot like what we should be doing. You know, we kind of do it in the sense that we put a lot of weight on family and, and friends and love and joy and being together during Christmas. But, but there's also a lot of shopping, dude. There's a lot of stress over presents There's a lot of stress over what am I going to get this person? What should I get that person? Did I get something for everybody? Um, Should we go on a trip? Maybe that can be the present. Now you're planning a trip. And the whole goal is to make sure that the person knows that this is a present. This is a gift. I'm giving you a gift. But instead, how cool would it be if that winter solstice tradition had been passed down to where now we all get together. We drink a little mushroom tea, just a little bit. We don't have to go on a trip. And 
we do some really deep self-reflection and self-discovery with our family and friends to help evolve and grow our spirit and our consciousness. I think that would be a really cool Christmas. I would love that kind of Christmas. Maybe I'll just spike my whole family's Christmas dinner with mushrooms. I'm already cooking for them anyways. I'm making wild mushroom pasta on for Christmas this week um, or last week, I guess, when this, this comes out. So maybe I just get some psilocybin mushrooms and I put those bitches in the sauce, you know, and then we really go on a trip. Mom, grandma, grandpa, Claire, sister, you know, maybe I, maybe I, maybe I poison my family with psychedelic mushrooms so that we all understand the true meaning of Christmas. Santa's a mushroom, dude. Santa's a mushroom. The mushrooms are red and white wrapped presents under a tree. Spruce in a pine tree is what mu- the mushrooms grow underneath. What kind of tree do we use in our home for Christmas? A spruce or a pine tree, bro? Shamans would run around wearing red and white with big, long, bushy beards to protect their face from the cold. What does that sound like? Santa! Santa's a mushroom, dude. Santa's a mushroom, baby. If you got a problem with that, get over it, bro. Okay? Crazy. Crazy. Was there anything else I missed about the mushroom story? I really wanted to get that out there. Um, it's wild. Go to, uh, go on YouTube and just, just search for Santa Claus and, and mushrooms. It's so crazy. It's so cool. All right. What's next, man? What's next? We've been doing a lot of videos this month. A lot of videos. This is the most videos I've ever put out in a month was, uh, the videos this month. Look at this cool thing. It's a snow globe, bro. Snow globe. Actually, it's a mini simulation. And the little animals in here don't even realize. See, even this, this tree has red and white decorations on it to represent what the shamans used to do with the mushrooms. You guys know. You guys know what's going on. Um, what else is happening? Yeah, go watch that channel. There's a lot of cool stuff on there. It's, it's uh, you know, you know what? It's cool to learn. It's still, like, I didn't even like learning when I was growing up. High school sucked for classes, college. I gave up my second year. And now it's like, I'm like having fun learning about history. What? How weird is that? I'm like interested in, uh, ancient Egyptian history now, but also the type of learning that you can do on YouTube is very, uh, curated. You can curate your own lessons and your own kind of, um, you can curate your own, what am I trying to think of? Not lesson plans, but like you can curate your own sectors of knowledge that you want. If you want to learn a a lot about space and space science, you can curate that. And, And there's a ton of awesome videos. If you want to learn a lot about mushrooms and Santa, you can curate that like I did. That's pretty cool, man. Learning is dope, dude. Learning is freaking fun. Uh, what else happened that made me mad recently before we get into some cool? So I'm going to end this episode with a little bit of uh, kind of a little self-reflection, a little Santa Claus self-reflection. But before we get there, um, did you guys see oh, so many dumb people, dude? So many people are so stupid. Ooh, so many people are so stupid. Okay, we're going to we're going to do an example from both sides of the political spectrum here, because I, I truly think that the pandemic, the 
uh, biggest pandemic happening right now is stupidity. We're in a stupidity pandemic. Here are two things that happened recently that I think are obvious signs that we are in a stupidity pandemic. Thing number one, Kamala talked to Charlemagne the God. Charlemagne the God is a radio host and a radio personality who has one of the most successful podcasts and radio shows in the world. He had uh, Kamala Harris on, who apparently nobody likes, but that's not surprising because she's so disingenuous with just how she lives and speaks to people. Never been a fan. Um, Now, Charlemagne asked Kamala straight up. He said, Kamala, who's a real president? Is it Joe Biden or Joe Munchen? Joe Munchen, is that his name? I don't know. Joe Munchen was trying to block Biden or like disagreeing with him on some stuff. And Charlemagne said, who's the real president? Joe Biden or Joe Munchen? And Kamala's assistant interrupted and said, hey, we got to stop this interview. We got to stop. First off, that's shady as shit. Okay. Kamala is the vice president of the United States of America. She's the second most powerful person in the world. And you're not going to let her answer a question. You think she's incapable of answering a question like that? Then she shouldn't be in this job. Right. So the assistant tried to stop it. And then Kamala was like, no, no, it's okay. And Kamala responded to the question. Charlemagne asked the question. And Kamala said, uh, Kamala told Charlemagne to stop talking like a Republican. She was like, come on, Charlemagne, stop talking like a Republican. Yo, what? First off, I'm not even a Republican. And that pisses me off. Okay. My politics are, I hate everybody. All right. My politics are, you know, if you deserve some heat, you're going to catch some heat. Okay, and Kamala is using the phrase republic. She's using the term Republican as an insult, as a generalized insult. A, B, this is not the first time I've heard somebody tell a black person to stop talking like a Republican or stop being a Republican or shouldn't you be on the other side? I've heard that so many times over the past two years. It's so fucking racist. It's so fucking like. It's, it's, it's dark and, and, and gross to just use a political term as an insult. And some people might think it's not a big deal. Dude, this is a massive deal. This is the vice president of the United States of America using the Republican Party as a generalized term, as if anybody who's a Republican is a bad person. That's insane to me. And if that's what somebody believes, then that person is just objectively stupid. That's a dumb person. That's a dumb, stupid, idiot person. If you think if you think a Democrat is, is somebody who's a Democrat is bad, all Democrats are bad. You're a fucking idiot, dude. You you don't have the ability to see somebody for an identity beyond a political party. That's insane. That's crazy. And and for her to call him that to say that to him is like I mean, a she dodged the question. B. Um, she probably knows that she's in deep shit because nobody likes her and Biden is a piece of trash. Uh, See, to tell somebody to stop talking like a Republican immediately puts them beneath you and elevates her own platform, in her mind, elevates her own status. And then all the people that love her are going to be like, yes, Kamala, yes, yes. Tell that dirty Republican what to say. Yes. Gross, dude. Disgusting. She furthers the divide like that. These people have no interest in helping. These people have no, any, all these elected officials, these fucking ghouls, they have no interest 
in, in, in shortening the divide between people. Donald Trump did the same shit. Donald Trump would generalize the entire left as a certain way. He would generalize everybody that's a Democrat uh, as radical. And, every, and, and he would never change his, uh, his rhetoric. That's just how he spoke. And he drilled it in so much without ever talking about context. Every once in a while, he might pepper in like, a, yeah, you know, there's some people that are trying on that side. But the majority at his rallies, in his main speeches, at the debates, he would always generalize people. And that makes everybody on your side hate that side and think that that side is entirely bad. And that's just wrong. That's not that's uh, I don't think this is just my opinion. I think this is an absolute fact. My opinion is that this is a fact. <laughs> so like, you know, we just can't keep putting these people in power that have no interest in bringing people together. And that's her. And then the other on the flip side of that, Sarah Palin's dumbass said, uh, what'd she say? She said over my dead, I'm not getting the vaccine over my dead body. I'll have to get it over my dead body. What dude, shut up, shut up. That's like just that, that you're, you're, you're now when you say something like that, that's so extreme. You are painting a picture for people that the vaccine is very dangerous and it's, it will kill people. It won't. Okay. Uh, some people have died for sure. Uh, an amount of people have died that should probably be talked about more than is currently talked about, but also with 2 billion plus people who have gotten it saying something so extreme, like uh, I won't be getting the vaccine over my dead body. Let me see what the actual quote was, let me see. Sarah Palin is an idiot. No vaccine dead body. I'll get COVID. I'll get the COVID vaccine over my dead body. That's so stupid, dude. Instead say I am choosing not to. And I respect everybody's individual choice and think that everybody's choice should be based on what is best for them. Because we are at a time where individual responsibility outweighs societal responsibility. We had social responsibility implemented as the number one priority for all of 2020. Everybody sacrificed everything to look out for their fellow citizen. Now the vaccine is here. So do what you think is best for you. Because the vaccine protects you. That's what she could say. Instead, she says something fucking crazy. With, with this catchphrase that she maybe she just really wants attention again. Maybe she just really wants to be in the news again because her career is in the trash and she wrote a dog shit book. Maybe she just really wants people's attention. She really wants to be relevant. So she knows that saying something crazy like this is going to get people talking about her. Look at me. I'm talking about her. I'm talking about Sarah Palin now. Never never thought I would ever talk about Sarah Palin on this podcast. Um. But, you know, it, it's another example of these absolutely trash people that we elect and look up to and choose to put into a leadership role. And they're garbage people who just have no ability to conceptualize the impact that their words will have on a bigger scale. All it takes is one sentence from one of these idiots, Kamala, Sarah Palin. All it takes is one sentence to affect millions of people's ideology and either reinforce a false belief in those people or instill something in those people that makes them look at others 
in a negative way or in a way that further divides them from the people they're looking at or communicating with. So hopefully that makes sense, man. Um, I get if you don't want to get the vaccine. I don't give a shit. But over my dead body, that's so fucking extreme. That's some far-right, alt-right shit. Just say you're choosing not to. Be Have a little fucking class. Sarah Palin's trash. Kamala is trash. Sarah Palin is trash. All these people are trash. And we keep looking up to them. And even Sarah Palin gets the, yeah, you tell them, Sarah. Yeah, they're going to have to they're going to have to kill me to give me the jab. That's not the way to do it, dude. That's fighting extreme mandates with extremity instead of figuring out a way to have a conversation. Um, maybe it'll work. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you have to fight back with extreme shit like that and crazy shit. Maybe that is the way. I'm willing to believe that that's possible. But from my perspective right now, that's not the way. Let's let's end strong here, guys. Um, you know, New Year's. Oh, yeah. So New Year's is coming up. Uh, I never like doing New Year's resolutions. New Year's resolutions have never been my thing. I usually um, kind of take stock of, of my life and where things are at around my birthday every year, which is March 16th. That's my birthday. And I look at, okay, the past year that I've been alive as a living, breathing human, what did I do? What do I want to do with this next year that I've potentially been given? Uh, New Year's, I, n- I never really cared about, but um, I do, I have been thinking about, you know, uh, the theory of, of purpose, because I've been talking about this with a, a couple people recently, um, and what it means to kind of live with a purpose and put that purpose behind everything you do because I'm working on a couple of bigger projects right now and um and and I've I've been trying to identify the motivation behind those projects. Like I love doing I love doing this work that I'm doing uh, but what is that driving force that's behind it? And it used to be oh I just want to make everybody laugh. Oh I just want to make the world a happier place. I just want to put joy into the universe. And yeah, that's cool. That's a cool like kind of broad fundamental thing. Uh but that's also very generic and, um, a bit too watered down to really allow me to, to be focus driven. And I think when, when I'm focus driven with a purpose for something, um, it comes out in the work, It, it comes out in the finished product. The end result is always better, uh, because there's more attention to detail. There's more effort put in, there's more concentration, there's more, um, manifestation and, and all of those things. So in thinking about my, I, I would challenge you guys to think about what, what your purpose is for what you do and, and what uh, goals you have that you're currently working toward. What's driving that? What is driving you trying to accomplish those goals? Um, you know, for, for me, uh, the purpose behind everything I do really comes down to, um, you know, helping people and myself choose to laugh choose to laugh. That's basically, if I could sum it up with a phrase, that would be it. Because a lot of what people do, I, I would say everything people do, uh, is based out of two things, either fear or love. Uh, Jim Carrey has a great speech about this. A couple other people have, have spoken about this as well, but you know, we, we make our decisions based on fear or love. Uh, fear is 
can be paranoia, can be anger, can be hesitation, can be um, discomfort, uh, frustration. You know, we make decisions based on those things all the time, especially when it comes to doing something new or doing something challenging or trying to follow a path. But when, uh, or, and, and other things based in fear is, is arguments, like defaulting straight to an argument, looking down on other people, being, um, being, being rude, being, uh, what's that word? I forget. But on the flip side of that is when you do things based on love, you're choosing to love, you're choosing to laugh, you're choosing to be happy, you're choosing to follow your joy, follow your heart, follow your intuition, you're choosing to uh, embrace things that are new or scary. And you're choosing to pick apart people and things and, and topics and culture uh, through the lens of laughter, which is what I want to do through the lens of love. When you pick something apart through the lens of love, you're, you're laughing at it. You're, you, you can break it down to its fundamental elements so that it's not as scary anymore. Now, an example of that for me is, uh, you know, a very, very easy, simple, simplified example of that is when I do like political videos, right? When I do political stuff, I'm usually breaking down whoever I think deserves to be knock down a couple of pegs. And I'm doing that because I'm choosing to laugh at this person. And I'm hoping that other people, when they see this video, they see my work, they too will laugh at that person or at that concept. Um, examples being that video I just did, what it's like in Los Angeles now, or Christmas shopping in California, or Joe Rogan talks to politicians, or any of the Gavin Newsom stuff, or the Trump versus Joe Biden debate. All of those things were done because I was choosing to laugh at the current climate, the current situation, and these different topics and subtopics within the videos. And I want to help other people make the conscious choice to laugh at something rather than the default into setting off an angry tweet, arguing with somebody, being so frustrated that it, it pushes you further into the echo chamber of your mind so that you're not even able to dissect a new opinion or, or, or ingest a new point of view or a new perspective on something. Um, and, and you feel more comfortable just living in that stillness of anger and that, that kind of letting that frustration swirl inside your body, whether it's about politics or current events or a topic or whatever. And I think we have the conscious choice. I think humans have a conscious choice to either live with fear or love when it comes to any given decision or perspective toward things that are happening in the world, topics, people that folks might look up to. We can either look at those people with fear or love. And I choose to look at all those things with laughter, which stems from love. And, and, and so I now put that into everything that I do. And I'm trying to choose to laugh about the madness. And I hope you are too. Um, and that's going to come through with everything I do. The, the choose to laugh purpose, um, regardless of what the project is, it's always going to be built around choosing the positive take on something, choosing love over fear, choosing to be relaxed and happy and, and, and silly and goofy and uh, excited and brave and confident rather than frustrated and sad and negative and argumentative and stuck and scared. Um, so I hope that makes sense. And, 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 you know, you, you guys have probably already seen that come through in some of my videos. Uh, but now that I've, I've been really kind of working with this concept over the past two years and, and I'm just now starting to wrestle with something that feels familiar and, and um, exciting.
And that's the, the purpose of choosing to laugh and, and trying to help others choose to laugh. So, uh, anyways, find your purpose. Maybe your purpose is mushrooms, dude. Maybe your purpose is to spread knowledge about Santa and mushrooms. Okay. That's a beautiful purpose. If that's your purpose, you let me know. I will help you in any way possible. Um, other than that, guys, I love you so much. I hope you have a wonderful, uh, holidays. I hope you watched all the videos this past month. I hope you liked them. I hope you now have a full understanding of how Santa is a shaman and, uh, go have a great new year's and I'll see, uh, I'll see you next week. Bye.